Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Rustling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and tonight was Friday Night Smackdown. I do want to apologize for the show going so late, like starting so late. Had to help my mom with something. She called me and was like, hey, I need help with this. Then my internet's been going in and out all day, so I had an issue with that. Then the Ronda Rousey breaking news comes out, and I got a report on that really quickly. So, yeah, been a crazy night for me, but a good one. Can't deny that. And if you haven't seen it, Ronda Rousey made a Ring of Honor debut tonight at the TV taping. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Ronda Rousey teamed with Marina Shafir against Billy Starks and eight, a Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, Athena. Match ended with Athena. Full spoilers real quick. I, most of you probably don't watch ROH anyways. I don't. I know that. But Athena went for the Eclipse on Ronda. Tried to go for the pin, but the referee's like, you're not the legal person. Billy tagged in. Billy then gets put in the armbar, taps out. There we go. Ronda Rousey wins the match. So if I'm predicting, maybe we get Ronda Rousey versus Athena at final battle for the AEW or the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Because you know Tony Khan ain't putting that on AEW television. He never puts Athena in the Ring of Honor Women's Champion on the main show. But we'll see how it all does go. We'll see what happens. Very, very interesting. But as far as everything tonight goes, as far as SmackDown itself, I thought this was a good episode of SmackDown. Wouldn't call it great or anything, but I thought it was a solid, effective episode of Friday Night SmackDown where we got progression in a number of different things. For some reason, Cody Rhodes showed up, though. That made no sense. But we got progression in, is my prediction going to come true? And is Santos going to bring Legado Del Fantasma back, but with new people? Maybe. Maybe. Because he, he attacked Cruz Do or Joaquin Wild. Zelina picked Rey Mysterio over him. So we'll see. How it all does go. We also got progression towards the Women's War Games match. And speaking of Santos, he's facing Carlito at the next pay-per-view Survivor Series. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, then hit that join button to become a channel member. Also finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're coming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, well, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout. Heck, Go claim the free games, Earthlock and Surviving the Aftermath. And when you do, use this code. Also, there's some Lewis Hamilton stuff coming to both Fortnite and Rocket League, so you may want to check that out. And certain games are on sale right now. They have a bunch of games on sale right now on the Epic Game Store, like Gas Station Simulator, which we all love here, and Storycraft, which is another really good game. 
So with that, head over to the Epic Games Store, use our code, and support us at no extra cost. But as far as Friday Night Smackdown goes, the show opened up with a video package recapping last week's damage control developments that aired, or that took place at the end of last week's show. Kevin Patrick was joined by Michael Cole and none other than Brian James, or as you know him, the Road Dog, Jesse James. Yes, Road Dog filled in for Corey Graves tonight. That was really cool. We then get the damage control music, and now comes damage control. All five women, EO, Kyrie, Asuka, Bailey, Dakota. This was pretty much a great setup for the new and improved version of damage control. I really liked it. The group soaked in a bunch of booze and began things off. Bailey said that they were just there to have a good time, and she welcomed everybody to SmackDown. Bailey called the crowd dum-dums. Bailey called last week's developments one of the top five moments in WWE history. Bailey said that they are playing chess while the other idiots are playing Candyland. I like how she changed that up too. You think, oh, you're playing we're playing chess, you're playing checkers. No, we're playing chess, you're playing Candyland. I loved it. I loved how she changed it up and it was Candyland. I love Candyland. Bailey then said that nobody was ready for Asuka and laughed. The rest of the group didn't really laugh, though. Asuka then spoke in Japanese to Kyrie and Io, and Sky and Sane laughed. So you would think maybe she's making fun of Bailey? Maybe? I still think Bailey's going to get pushed out here at the end. Maybe even Bailey and Dakota. I don't know. Damage control. Uh, Dakota chimed in and said it was the new and improved damage control because there was someone in the ring who doesn't, who wasn't in the new damage control. The audience reacted accordingly, thinking Kai meant Bailey, but Kai just meant Asuka, who wasn't in the group yet. Um, Bailey got on one knee and asked Asuka to officially join the group. Bailey presented Asuka with a damage control t-shirt and the faction celebrated. Kai then mentioned how the women will be in war games and out would come Shotzi. So, again, I still do think... Bailey's going to get pushed out. Whether that's just Bailey or Bailey and Dakota, I think Bailey's getting pushed out. Maybe even at War Games where Bailey gets, mm, maybe Bailey gets pinned. They call her the weak link and beat her ass or something. I don't know. So Shotzi appeared out of nowhere while her tank rolled out in the entranceway before long Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair ran into the ring and provided Shotzi with some backup. The heels, however, got the best of the baby faces and threw Charlotte, Shotzi, and Belair out of the ring. Damage Control stood tall and taunted all the baby faces at the end of the segment. I like this. I thought it was very effective building up this new Damage Control as a big cohesive unit and at the same time showing maybe a little disconnection between everybody. Bailey thinking they're all cool and maybe they're not. We get Charlotte, Shotzi, and Belair backstage. Shotzi apologized for being so compulsive but said she really wanted to quote Kick their butts. Belair turned to Charlotte and was like, you know who we need? You know what we need to do? We need one more person for war games. And Charlotte's like, yeah, I know, but I don't, I don't really want to. But I think I think you might be right. And Nick Aldis walks in and goes, women, or ladies, ladies, I need your answer. Who's going to be the fourth woman? And they're like, we're not 100% sure. He goes, well, I need to know by the end of the show. Basically saying, if you don't get a fourth, the match ain't happening. 
Then we had a tag team championship number one contenders match. It was the Street Profits, Pretty Deadly, and the Brawling Brutes. And this did two things. It built towards a tag title match for next week on Raw or SmackDown. And I think the Brawling Brutes are splitting up. What the shit? Sheamus has been gone. And these two guys now, no good. Butch, Dawkins, and Prince started the match, and they did it triangle rules, not just two people at a time tagging whoever you want. No, it's triangle rules. Road Dog mentioned Billy Gunn. Way more than I thought he ever would on this show. Within the first 20 seconds of this match, Dawkins stopped on Butch and threw Prince into a corner, only to work a series of punches. Ford then tagged into the Profits, had control. Ford hit a strong clothesline to take Butch down. Wilson then tagged in pretty deadly and hit, tagged in and pretty deadly hit Butch and Ford at the same time. Butch then tagged in Holland, who hit a shoulder block on Ford before suplexing Wilson. Holland swung Wilson by his neck before hitting a DDT. Holland then clotheslined Wilson on the top rope, and Holland and Butch set up for the 10 beats, but the Profits broke it all up. As a result, Holland and Butch hit 10 beats on the Profits. Pretty Deadly followed this up by attacking the Brutes, running Holland into the steel steps. Pretty Deadly then stood tall as the show went to a commercial break. Back from the break, Holland suplexed Ford and Prince at the same time, each with one arm. Butch and Dawkins then tagged in, and Butch cleaned house. Butch hit a moonsault onto Wilson on the outside before landing a strand of DDT on Prince in the ring. Butch then uh, stood over Dawkins and hit a moonsault from the second rope onto every opponent on the outside. Back inside the ring, Butch worked an armbar on Dawkins. Dawkins, though, fired up and slammed Butch onto Prince, who only recently had returned to the ring. At the nine-minute mark of the match, Holland, Wilson, and Ford all tagged in. Wilson had the upper hand and went to the top. He cut off, uh, Holland cut him off and ultimately landed a superplex, even though Prince made a blind tag. Prince hit, uh, Prince tried to pin, pin Holland after Ford hit a splash and Butch broke it up. Bobby Lashley was then shown watching the match from the back and B-Fab walked into frame to talk to Bobby. Butch then fired up and went after everybody until he disposed of, of them on the outside. Holland's then collided both Profits and both members are pretty deadly. Butch then went to kick Prince, but Prince moved and Butch kicked Holland. Again, more of this stupid, I wasn't going for you, so why would you get mad at me stuff? AEW does it, Ring of Honor does it, uh, WWE does this. I hate this. When you're in a big match, your opponent moves and you accidentally hit your partner. And then your partner's mad at you for it. It was an accident! You should know that. You really think... Holland really thinks Butch hit him on purpose. I hate this angle in wrestling. When a partner gets mad at another partner for accidentally hitting them when they were going after an opponent. I, it's one of my most hated tropes in wrestling. It, it makes them look so stupid. So the Prophets then hit the revelation on Holland and get the pin to win the match and become number one, to, uh, number one contenders. Lashley then walks out to celebrate with the Prophets, and after the match, Holland was mad at Butch. He pushed Butch away and left the ring alone. Butch looked confused. Yeah, because Butch didn't do it on purpose. Butchie wouldn't do that to Ridgie. Come on. It makes Rich Holland look so stupid. AEW recently did this with Adam Cole and um, MJF. 
where Adam Cole went to kick Kyle Fletcher as MJF was holding him. Fletcher got loose, and Cole hit MJF, kicked him, and there we go. Like, MJF got mad at, at, uh, at Cole for a moment. It's like, no, you know he didn't do it on purpose. Ridge, you should know Butch didn't do it on purpose, but this just makes you look dumb to even consider that he did it on purpose, to even fathom that he would have done that on purpose. It makes Butch look like, what the shit? How confused and dumb that way, but it makes Ridge look even dumber for even thinking that Butch would have hit him on purpose. Come on. Again, one of my most hated tropes in pro wrestling. I'm mad at my partner because they hit me by accident and I thought they did it on purpose. We're in the back and Bianca's talking to Michin Mia Yim. Come back from the break and Mia Yim's getting her ass beat. Damage control's beating her down. And that way, basically, she can't go for war games. From there, Kevin Patrick threw it to a recap of the dysfunction last week of the LWO. A video featuring Nick Aldis and Dragon Lee aired and Aldis told Lee that Lee would be facing Axiom from NXT tonight. Video chronicling and introducing Axiom to the main roster crowd showed after Dragon Lee made his entrance. Oh my God, was this good. This was such a good match. I loved this. Once he's like, you're going to face Axiom tonight. I was like, oh my God. This is going to rock. And it was way better than I even expected. These two showed out. Screw Axiom and NXT. This man needs to be on the main roster every week now. This was his, hey, don't put me back down there. Keep me up here. Showing. Because this match freaking rocked. And what is there for him to do on NXT? Maybe be in the Iron Survivor match or something? They're not going to give him the NXT world title. He's not going to go for that. You might as well keep him on the main roster and freaking make SmackDown the Cruiserweight show or the show with the Cruiserweight division on it and just build up to bringing back the Cruiserweight title or something. Oh, my God. Triple H, let's do it. Make SmackDown the show that you bring the Cruiserweight title back on. Bring the Cruiserweight title back and do it on SmackDown. You've got plenty of guys on that brand that can go for that belt, too. Let's pull it up really fast. SmackDown roster. Because you've got Cedric Alexander. You've got... Axiom there now. You've got Dragon Lee. You've got Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wild, Cruz del Toro, Rey Mysterio if he wants to drop a little weight to get down to 205. But if we pull up the SmackDown roster, I'm going to pull this up and put it on the screen. I don't know why they still have Adam Pierce listed on the SmackDown roster. He's a raw GM. Why is this not one? There we go. If we look here, Shanti the Adonis, have him be in the cruiserweight division. Butch, Kevin Grimes, maybe. Cruz del Toro, Dragon Lee. So let's count. Let's count real fast. We've got Shanti the Adonis, Butch, maybe Cameron Grimes, Dragon Lee, Joaquin Wild. That's five. Rey Mysterio, maybe. Santos Escobar. Then you got, did I say Axiom or not? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. That's seven, eight, if you had Axiom. Yeah, put a couple more cruiserweights on the blue brand, and there you go. I think you can get a good cruiserweight division 
on SmackDown. Bring up like Nathan Frazier. I think he's ready. Let me look at the NXT roster and who I think that our cruiserweights down there could come up. Um, Axiom for sure. I mean, we saw him tonight. Um, give me Drew Gulak back and he can go for it. Drew Gulak back on the main roster. Um, Nathan Frazier, I think he's ready for the main roster. Looking, looking, looking. Maybe Carmelo Hayes, you can put him in the cruiserweight division. Wesley, I think he may just be a little too big. Like, because he's tall, and if he loses too much weight, he may be too skinny. But Wesley, you can maybe make a cruiserweight. I mean, we know he's main roster ready. Like, Wesley, for sure. Even, and I don't know if they would do it, Dragunov, once he loses the NXT championship. Hell, put Judgment Day on SmackDown and put the cruiserweight title on damn Dirty Dom. But yeah, I think that's a viable option. Rebuild the cruiserweight division on SmackDown. As far as this cruiserweight matchup does go, they shook hands before the match and they went at it. The action was quick to start with a lot of reversals and pin failed pin attempts. Things settled down when Lee worked on a side headlock. Lee landed a wild drop kick, which took Axiom to the outside, while Lee followed it up with a splash. Both back in the ring, Lee hit a missile drop kick as Axiom was on the mat in the corner. After that, the show went to a commercial break. The show returned and Axiom had the upper hand drop-kicking Lee to the outside. Axiom went to the top and hit a high moonsault on Lee before rolling back into the ring. Axiom went to the top, but Lee moved, and Lee kicked Axiom in the head. Lee went to the top, but Axiom cut him off. The two then fought on the top rope. Lee then landed a, a double stomp on Axiom, who was draped on the top rope. Lee then chopped Axiom repeatedly. Axiom came back with chops of his own, then landed a fantastic-looking dropkick. Axiom did hit a fallaway suplex and a running knee, but Lee came back with a brain buster. Lee then tried to fire up the crowd, and the crowd kind of responded. They're still learning who he is. Lee lifted Axiom up for a powerbomb, but Axiom somehow turned it into a destroyer for a close near fall. At the eight-minute mark of the match, Lee kicked Axiom in the head and went to the top, but Axiom cut Lee off with a kick of his own. With the two on the top rope, Axiom landed a great-looking Spanish fly for yet another hell of a close near fall. Crowd starts chanting, this is awesome, and they're loving this match as much as I am. Lee then dropped Axiom on his head, but got only a near fall off of it. Lee then responded with a running knee and an Operation Dragon to pick up the victory. So there we go. Dragon Lee does defeat Axiom. And like I said, keep Axiom on the main roster. Keep him on SmackDown. So I like this. I liked this a lot. Then we go into another good thing. And this was very good. I liked the Santos Escobar segment. I thought this was really, really good. Like, I really liked this. Can't tell. Escobar comes out by himself in a white suit. He says he has something to say. Before the crowd booed him and chanted, you suck. Sound like Dirty Dom out there. Basically, you turn on Ray, the crowd turns on you. Escobar told everybody, never meet your heroes. The crowd gave him the what treatment. Escobar noted how Rey Mysterio was his hero, as far as well as the rest of the LWO. And they were also seen watching backstage. Escobar said that Rey made him feel at home. But after last week, Escobar said he realized Dominic was right. 
Escobar said that he deserved to be the United States champion, but instead, Ray stole that from him. Escobar said that he wanted to rebuild the LWO, but Ray took it from him, yet it's something else he took from him, and then brought in Carlito. Escobar then started speaking in Spanish, referencing Carlito. Escobar said that they were supposed to be like family, and said Ray sided with an outsider like Carlito instead of him. Escobar said, all the pain Ray is suffering is the suffering that Escobar felt when Ray had betrayed him. Escobar said that everyone thought that he'd go out here and apologize. And he said, why would he apologize? He has nothing to apologize. And what would he apologize for? Not hurting Ray worse? Escobar said that he hoped the surgery didn't go well and that they would have to amputate Ray's leg. And then you hear bull road dog laugh for a second. Escobar keeps on talking when Zelina would come out to no music. She confronted Escobar. She said, why are you doing this? Come to the back. Let's go talk. What's going on? And he's like, no. You picking his side over me? And he kind of got in her face a little, and she just slapped him. And she slapped the hell out of him. And he kind of no-sold it and just grinned like, I get it. You're picking him. Vega then walked off crying yet again, as we saw last week. She's got a good cry face. Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde would come out to console her. Escobar said that he made Wild and Cruz, and they were nothing without him. The two then walked to the ring. Escobar stuck his fist out, you know, like old Legado del Fantasma, and the two just yelled at him. Uh, they yelled at Escobar, who then told del Toro and Wilde to leave, for they were dead weight. Escobar then attacked them from behind as they tried to leave the ring. Escobar said that he made them, he will destroy them. As he was setting up for a move, Carlito's music would hit, and Carlito would walk down and come to the ring and clear Escobar from it. Escobar then left to the crowd. I thought this was great. This was amazing storytelling. This was a great heel turn follow-up for Santos Escobar, basically being like, you know, we have been there for Ray. We've done all of this to help Ray. We helped Ray get the U.S. title, even though he kind of stole it from me when I won the tournament. And what does Ray do? He sides with another man. He brings in somebody else. And so I get it. The jealousy is there, but it's almost justified. Santos is now a heel, and I think this is what they should do. We now know Zelina, she's with Ray. Cruz, Del Toro, Joaquin Wild. I'm pretty sure there was Zelina and Ray. What this man needs to do is say, I've kicked that dead weight to the curb, and I brought, I brought in somebody, some other people who are better. Better than the LWO, the new Lagaro del Fantasma. Out comes Electra Lopez. Out comes the Humberto Carrillos, or Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Bring those guys in, have them be the new tag team. Then when Ray finally returns, or even before Ray returns, you can do Del Toro, Wild, and Carlito against, and you can set this all up at Survivor Series, against Carlito. Uh, yeah, those three against Humberto, Angel, and Santos. So yeah, I think that would be a great move to do. That would be awesome. You've got Legado del Fantasma there as the heel group. You've got the LWO still as the baby faces going strong while Ray's out for six to eight weeks or so. You've got Carlito kind of running that ship till Ray gets back at the end of the month or end of the year or whatever. So give me it. Give me a new Legado del Fantasma to feud with the LWO. 
Then we had Grayson Waller against Cameron Grimes. This literally went less than three minutes. Austin Theory also sat in on commentary, and Grimes had control early. Grimes landed a nice drop kick, but Waller hit a rolling flatliner before hitting a bunch of strikes. Waller then worked a chin lock after hitting some Blackpool Combat Club-style elbows, like the, the El Anvil elbows. Grimes then fired up, though, and landed a series of strikes, completing that with a low drop kick. Grimes then slammed Waller for a two-count, and Waller rolled to the outside, and Grimes went running after him with a kick, but Waller grabbed Theory, and Theory got in the way. Back in the ring, Waller hit his finish and picked up the victory. So there we go. Grayson Waller beats Cameron Grimes. We go backstage, and Bianca was talking to Zelina Vega, so you know what's coming next after the break. Yep, we come back, and Zelina's getting her butt beat. Zelina's getting beaten up by all five members of Damage Control. Then we get Solo! Out comes Solo Sokoa. Out comes Paul Heyman. Well, first, it's Heyman. And Heyman laid in the shtick, making you think Cena was coming out. Paul Heyman was in the ring and said that there was going to be an acknowledgement of Solo Sokoa tonight. Jimmy was also in the ring, and Heyman fired up with the introduction of John Cena, making you think that Cena was going to acknowledge Solo. He did the whole thing. He's like, from Westbury, Massachusetts, John Cena! And he did the whole, you know, Paul Heyman-style intro. Will never appear in a WWE ring again. Thanks to Solo Sakura. Koa! I loved it. I loved the fake out. Even though we all knew Cena wasn't coming out, I still loved the fake out. Heyman called out a little kid crying in the front row when it was no Cena. I like that too. Heyman then said that Cena has admiration for all the fans, but he doesn't have the heart to say goodbye to the WWE Universe. Because of that, Heyman said that he gets to say goodbye to Cena himself. Heyman went on about how uh, on the behalf of the bloodline, John Cena, goodbye. Heyman then teased a Q, like I said, for Cena to come out. Cena never came out. Solo came out. Heyman said if Cena ever comes back, Solo is going to have, uh, Solo is going to have to be his opponent and take him out yet again. Heyman went to Jimmy and said it would be, have been the greatest promo of Cena's career. But Cena won't be able to say goodbye because Solo spiked Cena in the throat. Heyman said that no one can see Cena because Cena isn't true. But Heyman was then cut off by, well, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Knight said that the only reason Roman Reigns is still champion today is because of the bloodline. Yeah. Knight then said, every, said everyone, quote, knows what the problem is. Yeah. Knight said that there is a problem. Knight is the problem. He said, I'm the problem solver. Yeah. Knight said that the bloodline will cease to exist. And Knight said he will make this happen. Knight said that everyone will fall until it's just Knight and Roman left again. Knight said that the first stop, take out Jimmy Uso. Knight called Heyman the MC Boss Hog. So that was a fun line. Knight then rapped a little and Jimmy laughed. Knight then did his catchphrase and walked to the ring. So Kevin Patrick did officially announce that Carlito will be going one-on-one with Santos Escobar at Survivor Series next week. Also, Shotzi, Belair, and Charlotte were shown backstage talking. Charlotte then walked away to make a call. So are we supposed to think that Becky actually wasn't there and they called her with like 30 minutes left in this show? 
What? She showed up. Yeah, that's not even possible. We got an uh, almost 10-minute match. It's like nine and a half minutes. It was LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso. This was a Nelly Knight match. Not horrible, but I wouldn't call it like a great main event match or anything. But it was, it was good. It was a formulaic. It was by the numbers like a normal Roman Reigns match is normally by the numbers. Heyman got a phone call as the match started, and Heyman, along with Solo, walked away from ringside, leaving Jimmy to fight Knight all by himself, who took control early on. As Knight stomped on Jimmy, the crowd would chant, yeah, for every stomp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also heard they were doing yeah chants at the uh, AEW show tonight, just like they were doing um, last week. So Jimmy would eventually roll to the outside, but Knight would follow him. He threw him right back in the ring. Knight landed a slingshot shoulder block in the ring and got a two off of it. Jimmy did come back and hit a Samoan drop to slow things down. Jimmy chopped Knight, but Knight back body dropped Jimmy over the top. Knight then landed a sliding kick and hit Jimmy's head off the announce table a few times. Knight threw Jimmy over the announce table and posed on top of the table and sent the show to a commercial break. Back from the commercial break, Uso had control, hitting an enziguri for a two count. Uso then took his time and went for a hip attack, but Knight moved and landed a series of strikes to fire up. Knight then hit a DDT to even things out. Knight then hit a clothesline before planting Jimmy a couple more times, the latter of which was a little bit clunky, but it was all right. Jimmy went to the top, but Knight cut him off and ultimately set it for a running superplex spot. Jimmy pushed him off. Thus, seemingly out of nowhere, Knight then hit the BFT, and picked up the win. Kind of random. It was like kind of just like the ref was like, go home, go home, go home. And they hit the finish and there we go. So after the match, Solo's music hits. And Solo comes out. Jimmy then hits Knight from behind. Solo then lands a Samoan spike. And Solo dismantles the commentary table. And Jimmy dragged Knight uh, to the table. As they were working over Knight, Cody Rhodes' music hit. I forgot to mention this. We saw Cody earlier in the night speaking with, uh, with Nick Aldis. For what? Trying to get a SmackDown wrestler for War Games? Kevin Owens, maybe? Supposed to be Randy Orton. Maybe Kevin, though. We know Kevin's not suspended next week because he's going to be in the Grayson Waller effect. Anyways. Cody comes out, rushes the ring to beat everybody up. The crowd chants for Cody very loudly, and Cody stands tall next to LA Knight to end the segment. This, this made no sense whatsoever. So it's like, what the shit? Why is Cody helping... L.A. Knight. Now, I get it. He still doesn't like the bloodline, but it's like, what? Huh? Why? Why are you even at SmackDown, guy? You're a Raw wrestler. They call you up like they call little Becky? I don't know. I don't know. What the crap? Backstage, Belair and Charlotte. Belair asked Charlotte, what's going on? And Charlotte said, I called her. But I don't know if she'll make it on time. We're supposed to think... And where were they tonight? Where were where was SmackDown tonight? Hold on. SmackDown was in Um Where was SmackDown tonight? Hold on. This is WWE's website still says it or not. Yeah, I don't know where SmackDown was tonight. I'm trying to think. Where would Becky have been? So you would think Becky was... See, this makes no sense. 
you would think Becky was already traveling to wherever she needs to be tomorrow, Canton, Ohio, for the live event. Or Lupin, Mississippi. No, she's being Canton. Becky's supposed to be in Canton, Ohio tomorrow. And so you would think she's already traveling to wherever that is. Night before, maybe she travels morning of, I don't know. But it's like, what? How did they, I don't think she's going to make it on time. From where? She at home? Well, that's in Davenport or LA because they got houses in both. I don't know. This just, I didn't like this. Like, I'm not, I'm not upset that it's Becky or anything. Like, that's the obvious choice. It makes sense. They need somebody, and so why not Becky? Becky did the same thing last week helping out Bianca. But it's like, I called her. I don't know if she'll make it in time. Where was she? The Starbucks down the road? You called her 30 minutes ago. She's checking out getting baby formula at Walmart. Like, where was Becky? If she was that close. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Evansville, Indiana. Thank you, Fonzie. So if they were in Evansville, and Becky was maybe already traveling to Canton, Ohio, yeah, no, that ain't going to work. So after a break, the show returned. Nick Aldis confronted Cody, told him to leave. Cody did. Next week, the show will be on FS1, which I'm not sure why. If you guys know in the live chat, let me know why it's going to be on FS1 next week. Uh, the show will feature Kevin Owens on the Grayson Waller effect and tag team title match, the Street Profits challenging Judgment Day, the night before War Games. So, yeah. So then we go into the main event segment where they're going to tell us who the fourth woman is. And the Twitter dummies come out and they're like, it's Jade, it's Jade Cargill. Oh my God, it's got to be Jade. Jade Cargill is going to be the fourth woman. She's going to make her WWE in-ring debut at War Games. No, I never for one second thought it was going to be Jade. Last week, it was reported that it's Becky. It was Becky. Why would anybody think that they're going to put Jade in war games in her first match. Fonzie says college football. That's what I assumed, but I just didn't know. So Belair made her entrance. Shotzi follows suit. Charlotte came out as well. Charlotte then said they could talk about damage control and what they have done. But they were running out of time. And they officially accepted their challenge and said that we have a fourth. Charlotte said, if they're going to war, well, I'm going to need somebody on my side. She talked about how she's turned on friends and had friends turn on her. And maybe even those that she doesn't, you know, fully align with a certain friend anymore. Maybe that friend needs to help them out. Damage control music hits. Bailey walks out and says that the faction took down everybody backstage. So who can you even have? Bailey called Charlotte an idiot and a loser. Or thinking somebody else was still there to help them. As the teams faced off, Damage Control jumped up on the apron. The other three women were in the ring and shoo, in slides, Becky Lynch ready to go. Four on four. All four or all eight women start brawling, and that's how the show goes off the air, which is a big old brawl, gang war style. So there we go. It is official now. It will be 
Team Damage Control, Bailey, EO, Asuka, Kyrie against Team, I think it's Belair. Maybe Charlotte's the captain. I don't know. But it's Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. So there we go. It is now official. That is the second War Games match for Survivor Series a week from tomorrow. So with that, I thought it was a good episode of SmackDown. They did a lot to progress storylines and stuff for Survivor Series, so I did appreciate that. Now we move forward into Survivor Series with one more SmackDown to go. Give me one second here. So as far as all of that, you know what I thought of the show? I didn't watch Collision in case anybody was wondering. I caught like the very end of it. And they had said on Rampage, they were sp I didn't see any Rampage, I will say that. But they said on Rampage, they were supposed to do a sit-down interview, MJF and Renee Paquette. But then at the end of Collision, it's a sit-down interview, MJF and Tony Schiavone. So that didn't make any sense. Was, was Renee even on Rampage? Because I didn't, see, like I said, I didn't see any Rampage. I like saw the first like two or three minutes of the Christian Trent match. That was it. So in case anyone's wondering, oh, you're going to review Collision now? No, because I didn't watch Collision. I saw the last segment with MJF. I saw they had that woman's tag in the, in the champions one. And then, yeah. But with that, you know what? I thought of tonight's SmackDown. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Friday night SmackDown. We're going to check the polls. We'll refresh all of this really fast. Boom, boom, boom. As far as the Twitter X poll does go. 74% liked tonight's SmackDown. 16% thought it was just all right. And 9% didn't like it. Looking over at the YouTube community poll. Ooh, we got a lot of comments. 73% liked the show. 20% thought it was just all right. And 7% didn't like it. Uh, first comment here says, loved it. This person says, I love it all tonight. First says, really good stuff. Just don't know why Becky and Cody showed up since they're both raw talent. Well, Cody, I don't get it at all. Becky, because Charlotte called her to be their fourth in war games. So that makes sense. First says, what a brawl and funny end of the show tonight with all beautiful ladies. The man Becky Lynch comes around tonight. I just love to say that. <laughs> Uh, this person says Becky Lynch is the fourth member of Team Bianca. This person says, oh, never mind. Ron. I'm not reading your comment if you if you say, I didn't watch it, and then talk about other stuff. Like, is there an option in my poll for I didn't watch the show? No, because I want to know what people that watched it actually thought. I don't care about people that didn't watch it. This person says, Becky Lynch. Huh? Give me one second. Is that true? I don't think that's true. Hold on. What is this, though? Hold on. For the first time, I'm going to pull this up on the screen. This is interesting. Because we got to figure out who's got the advantage in the women's war games. Tie in with ruffles. This is right here. For the first time ever, ruffles is giving you the power to determine which team will have the advantage and enter first in the women's war games match at Survivor Series. Visit WWE.com 
slash Ruffles to vote for your favorite team and make an impact on Ruffles fan vote. Well, let's check this out. You know it's going to be the baby faces. I want damage control, though. But you know if it's fan voted, it's going to be the baby faces. I mean, I voted damage control, but still. Interesting. That's very interesting. They're doing a fan vote. I know on Raw, they're doing um, whatever they're doing for an advantage match. I don't know exactly what it is. But it's always weird when the baby faces have the advantage in war games anyways. But yeah, I saw a comment here that I don't think is real. Yeah, no. My comment is totally not real. But as we go back here and read some of the other ones, this one person says one out of ten. They don't like it. As a troll. Oh, and this person says really good stuff. Just don't know. Oh, I already read that one. Looking at the YouTube uh, live poll, 78% liked the show. 18% thought it was just all right. And 4% didn't like it. Almost the same. And finally, everybody that voted on Twitch liked the show. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll be back live tomorrow night following AEW Full Gear on pay-per-view. So with that, have a great night. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.